This is the 1230 TWC Business Beat Radio with Jackie Groundsell on Love to Beat Radio. Hello, 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 hello. And how is everyone today? Well, I hope. Now, my wonderful guests today are all on a tight deadline. I'm going to go straight into my first guest, who is Annabelle Kay. Annabelle, are you there? Can you hear us okay? I'm here and I can hear you fine. Thank you very much. Brilliant, brilliant, brilliant. So I'm hoping that you're all well. Now, um, listeners, regular listeners and new listeners may know of Annabelle. Her fame is far and wide, but she's been doing a lot of new things with her business at the moment. So I'm conscious of Annabelle's time scales. So I'm going to ask her to go straight in to do an introduction because not Everybody, not quite everybody in the world knows about you, Annabelle. Um, if you'd introduce yourself and, and let us know what you've been up to lately with the business, because I know there's a lot of exciting stuff going on there. Gosh, what haven't we been up to lately? Right. My name's Annabelle Kay, and I'm from Coffee Clatch, and we're all about helping small businesses. That's what we do, and we don't do anything else. And we have been insanely busy one way and another the last few weeks. Um, we've just updated all our um, self-talk, do-it-yourself GDPR programs, which I couldn't believe this, Jackie. We first started doing these in 2016. Gosh. And to be honest, I thought by 2018 everybody would be trained in that bill, isn't it? Yeah, no. <laughs> I no. didn't really think that in 2024 we'd be doing the next gen because, of course, the technology changes the regulations change. We have that little detail of Brexit. I've lost you there. Where have you gone? There. My mic muted itself, even though I hadn't touched it. That's technology for you. That's technology. (laughs) So much as, you know, everybody thought, I suppose, data privacy or GDPR as the European thing or it might go away. It's busier than ever. And, of course... You hear every day stories of data breaches, scams, people getting fished. You know, it's not going to end. Of course, the latest thing that intersects with it but isn't the same thing is, is of course, all this stuff about artificial intelligence. Yeah, absolutely. And um, how do you feel about that one, Annabelle? Sorry? How do you feel about AI, artificial intelligence? How is it? How do you feel about it as a person and impacting on business and the world well you don't feel anything about it it's like saying to me what do i feel about spark plugs or the invention <laughs> of the electric car um, you know i don't i don't have feelings about it as no. such okay i think once the technology is invented you can't uninvent it no um and it's obviously at very very early stages of whatever it could be and so although i i think artificial intelligence would be a thing most of my experience with it has been pretty close to actual idiocy um it's not that bright yet is it but i can see that it it will be and there are some things about it that are absolutely marvelous and there are some things about it that are not so good yeah and like everything else isn't it so that my my main concern about it from a professional point of view is twofold and they're really of course both in the legal and data privacy sector mm. the first one is who owns the copyrights the stuff you produce in, in in ai whether it's graphics or words you know when you get into an ai system and go write me a book 
or write me some copy for my website. Who owns the copyright? Yeah. Now, you might go, well, why does that matter? But if you don't own it, you can't stop someone else doing it. Yeah. If you can't stop yeah. someone else doing it, you probably can't charge much for it. And that's okay if what you're doing is a side issue to what you do. But I wouldn't put our coffee catch contracts into an AI contract writing system, no. which was learning from my contracts and then teaching my competitors how to do them the way I do them. <laughs> so I think I think yeah. you need to know what's happening when you use AI because there's what it does for you and what it does to you. I and if what it does to you is put all of what you do for a living in the public domain, you'd kind of better mean it. And I think a lot of people don't understand that. So you, you need to be very careful. And, of course, I read the agreements. And, and you've got to look at what is it asking you for access to and what are you giving it access to and is it yours? Because if you're, a, if you're a support person like a VA or a copywriter or a social media manager and you put your client's private and confidential stuff into a system, You've just breached every contract you've ever signed with them, whoever wrote it. Now, that's an interesting thought, isn't it? So I'm, I'm not mm. against the technology, but I think we need to get our heads around how does it work. Mm. And like everything else, it doesn't all work the same way. Mm. So you've got the equivalent of your basic driving lesson that all vehicles need a forward gear, even if it's on automatic, and a backwards gear with a brake and steering. And then you've got how do you drive a new automated electric car with every bell and whistle to stop you bumping into things compared to how do you drive an off-road Jeep. You need to be pretty sure which one you're driving before you set off, don't you? Yeah, yeah. And I think I think this is the sort of what I'm finding is breaking it down in percentages, if you like, is that 80% of the people that I talk to and the knock-on effect are finding it really exciting, but 20% are finding it quite scary for all sorts of reasons, and obviously including those ones that you touched on just now. Would you agree with that sort of percentage, or would you switch them around, do you think? I don't know, because it depends on whether the 80% know what they do. I don't mean this in a patronising way, but no. some of the 80% have been excited, but they haven't thought about this, mm. and they'd be a bit more wary if they were. I think probably at the end of the day, like everything else, it's going to narrow down to close to 50-50 or 60-40 because the EU is already stepping in to regulate AI. And I know some people think, what's the EU got to do with it all? But they were ahead of the curve with data privacy and they're ahead of the curve with AI. Mm. So I think there are things we're very excited about. There are things that are going to free us from a lot of drudgery. There are things that are completely transformed some professions and possibly abolish some of them, but that doesn't mean those people can't have jobs or make a living doing something enhanced as a result of that. You've just mm. got to have your wits about you. Mm. It's a bit like being a horse and cart buggy driver the day they invented the car. Yeah, You could sit there going, oh, it's scary and I'm having nothing to do with it, or you could think, hang on a minute, maybe I should retrain as a motor mechanic. Yeah, and you I know. think more, more, more recently, obviously, just to sort of mention COVID again, is the fact that so many business, well, we were all hit by COVID in one shape or, or, or another, and so many people have transformed their businesses um, as a result yeah. of that, and very successfully. 
Yeah, so I think AI is another wave that hits you. I think the problem is that some of us didn't want our business transforming by COVID or AI. We were quite happy with the way it was. <laughs> so, New challenges. You know, the tra- transformation that gets shoved upon you is not the same as the transformation you've decided spontaneously to adopt, is it? No, no. But then um, we, we're all up for challenges, aren't we, we say, as we put, shut our eyes and close our ears and get going. <laughs> I think we have to be. I mean, whether yeah. you want the challenge or not, that's what life throws at you, isn't it? And you either go, I'm out, I don't want to be working or running a business anymore, or you deal with it. Yeah. But I, I think, like all modern technologies, it's going to take a while to mature, you know? Yeah. Um, if you'd actually told someone when motor cars, I don't know if you know this, people used to have to walk in front of them with a red flag because if yeah. you told someone in that era of motor cars that you'd be able to drive from one end of Europe to the other in a car or whatever, they'd have laughed at you. Yeah. I think we're slightly in the person walking in front of things AI era as far as that goes. And I think it's going to be interesting, not just from a data privacy point of view or an intellectual property point of view, but also from a fake news point of view. I've spent Christmas, when I had a few moments to spare, using some of these AI face transformation programs. Oh, did you? Oh, yes, I saw one. Yeah, making myself a Viking who didn't make themselves a Viking and the Gorgon, I quite liked myself with snakes in my hair. Just looking at the possibility. And although I think it's fair to say even at my ripe old age, you could tell a picture of me from an AI-enhanced picture from me as Medusa the Gorgon, <laughs> give it time, it might get more confusing. I think the whole issue of seeing is believing just went out the window with that. And yeah. the way that we discern what's true and what's not true is going to have to change or we're going to be suckered by everybody and everything. Yeah. Yeah, because people can produce videos of you and me doing things we've never even heard of. Never no, I done. know. I, I watched um, a few weeks back Martin Lewis' program where apparently he'd been cloned in a similar way that you were describing just now with AI. And it's so convincing that people, and, and it was all over social media, um, and he sort of put it out, and it, 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 you know, that it wasn't him. Um, and that's a sort of. Uh, alarming side of things i think the fun side of things is is fun and as you say if you can get your head around the legalities of it have you had any clients that have have got stuck or or had a problem in that direction most of them don't know i mean we're really at the early maneuvers in the dark you know when when we're doing um, data audits for clients now, because you know we've sort of upped our game and it's not just do it yourself, but we've mm. also got a done for you thing. Mm. And you go, oh, that's interesting. You're using that app. Where does the data go? What data is it sucking out of you rather than you're giving in? Yeah. And most of them go, I don't know. I never thought about it. So mm. most people don't know whether they've run into a problem or not. Right. Because they've actually no idea what it's doing. A bit like the early days of Facebook, you know, when it was sucking a lot of data out, you didn't know. So if I'd said she's a problem with Facebook, you'd go, no. Yeah. yeah. Now, after all the litigation there was about it nicking stuff and Cambridge Analytica and all the rest of it, most people looking back on those days should have said yes, but we didn't know, did we? No. No. So I think that's where we are. So most people aren't having a problem with it as such, but as we do due diligence and compliance with them, some people are discovering that they have got a bit of a Trojan horse in their business. And um, 
we're certainly building that into next-gen contracts, ways to deal with that, ways to find out about it, because it's the lack of transparency. Right. You know, you click a button. Um, and, I mean, you get this even with well-established and, and kind of quite respectable programs, like if you've ever added LinkedIn to your phone. First thing it says is, would you like to add all your contacts? But what it doesn't tell you is if there's anyone on your phone that's not on LinkedIn, it will send them an invite. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Now, that's cheeky to me, and I've always said no, Yeah. you know, yeah, because so I've got people on my phone that I've got no business sharing their data with LinkedIn. It's like Michael you know. McIntyre, isn't it? I don't know whether you ever watched that program. <clears throat> yes. Have you seen it? Or a great fan of Michael McIntyre. Yeah. I'm, I'm the only one in the house who is, by the way, so I normally have to catch him on replay. Oh, we have to go together. I'd love to do that. We'd love to do that. <laughs> Definitely, we'll set a day. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So, but it does do stuff like that. So that's quite low tech compared to AI, isn't it? Yes. You see what I mean? It's it's just a thing, but it's it's Why? so you don't really know with a lot of these AIs what they're doing yeah. or what you're agreeing to. And of course, only boring people like me going on a minute before I click yes. Let me Google. What's your data privacy policy? Where's this data going? Who's it owned by? What are you doing with it? And like a few. And you think, I'm not pressing yes to this. Yeah. But then I'm that boring person. You know, I read the messages on toilet paper, you know. <laughs> <laughs> Do you remember the old days when it, when it, we used to get messages on toilet paper, like in school? And, oh, God, yeah. <laughs> and I must be the only person ever read them, you know. Because I noticed when they changed the messages and people think, you're really sad, you know. <laughs> well, um that, I think, is going to be um, food for thought for our listeners, Annabelle. But what I also want to go on to, if I may, because, again, I'm conscious of your time and we must play your piece of music that you've chosen when we when we wind up with you. Um, well, I hope so. It's nice and relaxing. It's what we need, isn't it? Yeah, absolutely. Um, is the, the, the new things that you've actually got in place and the exciting... Um, with your affiliates and your various training stuff and stuff. What stuff is new that people can access um, uh, as far as the business is concerned? Well, we've got all our updated sort of GDPR training stuff. It's actually on sale to the end of February. But, by the way, if you can't find it on sale, let me know. I'm, I'm resting my website into submission this week, right? <laughs> I don't know about artificial intelligence, but we've certainly got real stubbornness going on there with some of the software. So um, that's that's good because I think the USP about that, from my point of view, is normally when you go and learn stuff, especially compliance-related stuff, it's like, you're in a minute, keep me awake or what, isn't it? I mean, I, I struggle to sit through some of the things I have to sit through. Sometimes I think, oh, my goodness, could you make this any more boring if you try? Yeah. But, um, and also, when you run a small business and you go and you do a program, you come back with a massive to-do list, don't you? But when you've done your course, you're back-ordered on what you were supposed to do at work. So you put that list to one side and you never get around to it. So we designed this program to be what I call a see-one-do-one course. What do they call it when you're being posh? Learning by doing. So you actually <laughs> hands sort out on. your own business. Well, sort of, not yeah, quite no, hands no, on. It's, it's not, virtual, no, it's not. Is it? no. Virtual hands, virtually on, I don't know. But I think of it as see one, do one. So that instead of having a big to-do list, by the time you finish the programme, you've done it. And for the first time ever, we got nice certificates and a little Coffee Clutch branded badge that you can put on your website, say, trained by Coffee Clutch 
2024 or whatever, just so that when you get to 2090, you know you've got to do it again. Yeah, that's great. That's great. I do love a certificate, I have to say. Certificate and a badge. And a badge. It's like having your fifth birthday party all over again, isn't it? (laughs) Not quite as much fun, but useful because, you know, you don't really have time to kind of study stuff academically. In the nice possible way, it's a programme for people who need to get it done. And I'm really excited about that. And, of course, we updated back into last year on our VA terms of business. We've got lots of updates and launches going on, much of which I can't tell you about on the radio today because they're not finished. But I'll come back and tell you about them in a few months' time when they are finished because we're constantly looking at how our customers work, things like AI. You know, what do you do about that? Yeah. Well, I tell you what, my reaction is not to ban it but to seek transparency and disclosure and clarity. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But because I think you can't just say to people, don't. It's like saying, don't you dare use the telephone when you work for me. Yeah, I think the learning by doing is great because um, just thinking on a time level, we're we're all time poor, aren't we? So, and I think also as you learn with your with your uh, programs that you're doing or the you know sessions that you've set up. Um, it's also exciting because it gives you that um, impetus to be able to go ahead and actually action everything so that you've got those things to to manage as you go along. I think it's very good. And of course, for most micro-businesses, unless you've been in business years and years and years, it's not that bad a job. Mm. You know, it's like having a little garden and you need to mow the lawn. It's completely different to if you had 100 acres you haven't touched for 40 years. (laughs) <laughs> you know, it's not the same job, is it? So, and I always think when your garden's a reasonable, you know, the best time to cut your lawn is before it gets too long. And the best time to sort your GDPR and data privacy policies before you've gone too far with it, not sorted out. Yeah, no, it's true. It's very well, true. I'm quite shocked, though, by how many people are still being preyed upon. I had a few clients, and this is what started me on it back in the 2014 to 2016 period, because people would come to me and say, I'm this letter saying you've got to pay me five grand to audit your stuff and I can't even guarantee then that you can carry on. Mm. And I was outraged, mm. really outraged, mm. and I still am. We do, I think we're putting the price up now to 150 quid at the end of February, but that's what we're talking about, not 150,000 or even 1,500. I was just so outraged that small businesses were being sent stuff in those times. And someone got on me the other day and she had an email going, you need to, effectively, I'm not saying use these exact words, but you need to pay me £2,500 for me to tell you whether you can send the emails out that you currently send. Mm. And I was, she was in tears. I said, no, you don't. Yeah. I said, of course. She went, yes. I said, well, have you done, you know, page two? She went, yeah. I said, what was the answer to that? She told me, I said, you're fine. That's all that person was going to charge you to yeah. a half grand to do. Yeah, no, it's outrageous. It is outrageous. And small I'm conscious of your time again. With. Sorry, gone. So small business has got enough to deal with without that malarkey. Yeah, they? no, absolutely. Do tell our listeners how they can get hold of you because I'm sure there's enough meat in there uh, from what you've said where people will want to investigate. So, um. Best way, I think, is via the website at coffeeclatch.co.uk. Mm-hmm. If you want to look at what's going on with GDPR, try forward slash GDPR. If you want to look at our free events, try forward slash events. We keep it simple. Coffee Clatch is all K's and F's for Freddy's, and I'm sure we've got that somewhere on something about this. 
And um, or you can find me on LinkedIn if you can spell Annabelle K, which is even more difficult to spell than Coffee Coach. <laughs> but, you know, never have a brand or a name that anyone could spell seems to be my motto, really. <laughs> um, so, you know, but, you know, we keep it going. Thank you again so much and speak to you soon. 12.30 TWC, Business Beat Radio, Mondays 2 till 4pm UK time. Tips, inspiration, fun, tunes for and from business women on all the socials, www.1230.co.uk at love to beat radio. And welcome back to the studio. Thank you so much, Annabelle, for... Um, actually enlightening us with all the things that you've got lined up for the GDPR and so many things to do with data protection and privacy. Um, don't forget that you can find Annabelle, not this Friday, but next Friday. The conversation that we had just a moment ago will be in podcast form. When you go to the 1230 website, that's all the W's, 1230.co.uk. And there is a tab at the top right-hand side, which I always say this, amazingly, says podcasts. Now, the conversation that we're having today, this particular show, will be live there, not this Friday, but the following Friday. So if you want to catch up with what Annabelle was saying, apart from the fact that obviously you'll be able to find her on uh, the internet and just do a search for her, you'll find everything that you need now. Now, online now, I have the wonderful Carrie Eddins, and what you heard just now was her choice of music. Hello, Carrie, can you hear us okay? Hello, Jackie. Yes, I can. Lovely to chat with you, as always. <laughs> okay, so, regular listeners, you haven't been on the radio with us for quite some time, have you? It's a little while ago. So, but it was a it, while ago, yeah. Yeah, it was. We must do something about that and get you coming more regularly to update us with what you're doing. So please, in the first place, would you introduce yourself to our listeners? Yes, I'd love to, Jackie. So um, I'm Carrie, I'm the Blompreneur, and I typically work with uh, trailblazing female entrepreneurs to help them be seen and heard and understood in the media. That it's quite pre, a brief description, isn't it? But in itself, it's quite expansive when you look at the size of social media and media as a whole, which is you cover social media as well as media as a whole. But can you give us a bit of a description as to what media is, please? Yeah, so media can be anything from newspapers, magazines, radio, TV, podcasts, um, and that's like online and offline um, publications, which could be trade, um, which means like your industry specific, or it could be like mainstream newspapers and magazines that a lot of people see more regularly. Yeah. And like with, with podcasts, there's there's just so many podcasts. It's just like your good one. It's very niche one. So um, people can forget about podcasts as a way to raise their credibility, authority and their profile and to reach new audiences. Um, but podcasts are very, very um, accessible for pretty much everybody. Yeah, and I suppose it's the ease of access, isn't it? Because it's all online, you could be, as one of my descriptions is, if you're doing your ironing or you're riding your bike or 
that are concentrating on the road, of course. But um, whatever you're doing, it's so easy to listen into various things, and particularly with podcasts, because they're a, a very wide ra- realm of topics, aren't they? Yeah, yeah, definitely. I mean, I'm, I regularly listen to my listen to podcasts with my with my wireless headphones on, Jackie, while I'm doing the cleaning Did or you? while I'm making my breakfast <laughs> or. You know, sometimes in the bath, but that's a bit precarious. I need to sort of see if there's some waterproof ones. But yeah, yeah. that's a bit. Oh dear, no, <laughs> don't don't do that. <laughs> so when you Especially if you've got a camera it, handy. Don't be careful about that one. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah, no, I don't do that. No, 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 just listening. I just have to like go. Oh, I need to stop now. I need one. One of my friends in her in her when she has a bath, she has like a. A bath pillow. They have, there's a back like a bath tray. There's loads of like different things you can put on, so that make it a bit more easy, you know, less <laughs> dangerous Vulnerable. when listening to a podcast. I know. Or I could just yeah. You might go to sleep though in the bath, won't you? Just into something yeah, particularly. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> <laughs> oh, so Kerry, just commenting on the fact that we've um not. We've not had the um, lovely Kerry on our show for a little while. What have you been up to in all this time, Kerry? Have you been on holiday? Have you been, I don't know, what have you been doing? Um, I suppose just evolving. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, evolving quite a lot. Uh, been through all the normal life challenges, really. And just, yeah, I've, I suppose I've been evolving my business as well. So working a bit smarter. Mm. Uh because I I used to specialise in Twitter PR and I still do it, but it's not my main thing because Twitter's having a bit of a moment. So yeah. it has lasted since last year. So yeah. I've kind of I'm kind of pivoting slightly. I'm I'm still doing PR, but I'm I'm doing I'm sort of developing like a more of a suite of products oh. that people can kind of let, you know dip in and um you know get that will help them because Twitter is still relevant, but it like when we first met. Like I would say, like ninety percent of the media are on there, but now I'd say it's about maybe seventy-five percent. Oh, which really? That's interesting. Lot, but it's yeah, seventy-five to eight. It's sort of, and that sort of fifteen, ten to fifteen percent has affected things. I mean, because mm. they've gone a bit onto TikTok, mm. or quite a lot onto TikTok. Um, they they go onto Instagram a bit now and LinkedIn, but it, it's still where news breaks. Yeah, but it's just um. The media is still, you know, I know quite a few people who, like, for example, on TikTok, they've literally just gone on to TikTok and, and and then they were featured in, like, The Sun or something. You know, they just literally picked the content and just put them in different publications. I mean, they can do that on Twitter, but they tend to, the media are using uh, TikTok quite a lot more than other platforms like Twitter at the moment. That's interesting, isn't it? Because I have to confess and put my hand up that, TikTok is one of the ones that's sort of dropped off my my list of social medias. I'm afraid. Um, no, no, me too. <laughs> I'm yeah. just, I don't want to do them all, really. I'm just kind of like, you know, I think it's good to. I think for me, it's a bit like when they had Threads, you know, and I know mm. Threads is still going. I'm just kind of like, I don't want to do all of it. I'd rather just do Focus. quite well on a couple of them or two or three. And try and do everything because I just there's only so many hours in a day, isn't there? And it's like well, not only that, our client base. I mean, we we're always being told go where your clients are, 
our client yeah. base isn't necessarily spread across every single piece of social media, is it? No, not really. No, I don't think so. But I mean, some social media people would say that they are. But right, I, I just think if you show up on a platform and you're joyful and you make an effort to engage and connect, you post consistently, mm. then your tribe will find you as well. Mm. So I just, but I've never really sort of been that joyful about TikTok. So I just think I'm not really not going to do it. Yeah. But if you you know, I think it's important to be joyful about the platforms that you're on. That's true. That's true. I mean, I, I think it's some of it's quite fun and it's eye-catching. But to, to actually be involved in it, I think, is, is for me, it's just um, not at the moment. Not Definitely not at the moment. Now, um, yeah, I get that. Yeah, I mean, <clears throat> you were saying about Twitter. Uh, we used to do a thing called 12.30 Kiss, Keep It Short and Simple, which was a, a bit like you, really. Um, uh, be well, before, I suppose, um, where I used to chat to people, text chat to people over Twitter, and people could take part in that. Um, but I think it's one of those things that, uh, as I think you probably implied, that it moves on, doesn't it? Not only has Twitter moved on in all sorts of strange ways, but our social media and our world out there. I mean, Annabelle was touching on AI. Are you using AI at the moment? I think all of us are, really, whether we're aware of it or not, aren't we? It's kind of, yeah. Not. I mean, I'm not like, uh, I'm not anti it, but I'm definitely conscious of, keeping my creativity to myself as much as possible I don't you know like I'm mm. and I understand why people would like put in chat GPT what can I write about today kind of thing uh, I know a lot of people who use it for content ideas and I there's things like that that I won't do because I just I won't because I think once you've started opening that up you can't put you know it's a bit like you can't put the toothpaste back in the tube kind no, of that's then, a good comparison then it's kind of like oh but um, one of my clients, she's a very, uh, she's a big bit of a whiz on technology and AI. She's sort of very visionary and she, she doesn't use it like that. She uses it like to help, like she would say, what are the procedures I need to set up if I was setting up a new business? What do I need in place? So she's using it as more of an advisory capacity instead of a content thing. So she's using it in a totally different way to a lot of people I know. And she said it's useful for that. Um, yeah, I can imagine. That, it's, it's a bit like a sounding board, isn't it? Doing a bit of brainstorming with it, almost. Yeah, yeah but it's not as personal as the way that a lot of people are outsourcing. I suppose, for me, you know, if I just think of ChatGPT, a lot of people are outsourcing their creativity. Mm. And I, I I, think that's... A bit dangerous. Yeah, yeah. Mm. So... Um, I mean, I get... I, I, But, I mean, I understand why people do it it's just I think people just need to be a bit more savvy about what how to do it and how to use it instead of go oh it's going to save me hours it's like, yeah a quick fix is not a, it's a bit like saying you know I, I just think people are looking for quick fixes instead of doing the work and that's where it gets a bit dangerous for me it's yeah. a bit precarious because a quick fix is never a really a quick fix most of the time there are exceptions but generally it's not it's just being cautious, isn't it? And I think this is what Annabelle was saying, that um, so many of us, um, you know, it's, it's a useful tool in many ways, but we need to be aware of where our stuff 
is actually going and what we actually are releasing out there to the wide world that can be hashed and cobbled together. Actually, I know we actually, one of my guests who came in before Christmas is a comedian, he's a stand-up comedian and, and um, scriptwriter um, and all sorts director. Um, and he was saying that, he, I, I don't know what he fed into AI, but it came back with one of his sketches. So, and he sort of went, hey, hang on, you can't do that. Um, yeah, there's a big problem with that because it's kind of, yeah, because obviously there was a scriptwriter thing in Hollywood last year. But, I mean, I went to this event in London last year and this lady was saying, uh, I can't think what it's called, but, yeah, there was the, there's an AI, yeah, there's loads of them, isn't there? But mm. they just, like, take your drawings and make them their own. And then you're like, and people are like, well, I don't need to buy, invest in you doing a drawing. I'm just going to ask AI and pay it, like, hardly anything. Yeah. yeah. It's, which, it's, is why, which is why the actors were so concerned yeah. about it all. And you can understand that because it's, um, um, as Annabelle was talking about, um, how she had a little five minutes over the Christmas period and was playing around with the graphic side of it and she's um she was sort of you know gorgoned herself and uh twiggy thin and all sorts she did i don't know whether you saw any of her sketches yeah right i saw one of them with like yeah yeah <laughs> i did it looked pretty cool yeah. yeah so you did with the gorgon but i mean uh, that that's fun in itself but as, as i mentioned with uh, martin lewis somebody had cloned him using ai and people actually thought it was him, and he had to go out publicly and, and say, you know, hang on, it's not me, it's AI that's been um, used to to create this thing. So I think that's the side where we we need to we need some more education on it. I think, and and like so much of uh, our of our social media of our of our digital world, really, it, it we all know it's just evolving so quickly. Um, to keep an eye on everything. So um, yeah. I'm just wondering, we're going to, I'm just looking at the clock. We've got a few minutes now before we actually get our adverts come in and everybody dashes off and gets their washing on or makes themselves a cup of coffee or gets ready for a <laughs> school run, whatever you do, or, or just sit there and rest for five minutes. I don't know. Um, have you got um, a hot tip that you can share with us, Carrie, before we actually go into the adverts, please. Yeah, I mean, this is something that I say to people all, all the time, which people just seem to forget. But, you know, the media actually need you 24-7, seven days a week, 365 days a year. They need to have fresh people to comment on all of their publications, all their features, all their radio shows, TV shows, podcasts. They're actually actively looking. So you actually hold the the power, you know, if you like, because they need you. People forget it. Mm. So, okay, what about hashtags? Are there any particular hashtags that you think that people ought to be thinking of or creating for their own businesses? How, how do you um, decide on uh, hashtags that might appeal to the media? Um, Am I being I a bit too random there? Yeah, that's probably a bit too random. Cause it depends on what <laughs> Sorry about that. So like in Instagram, I'm not an Instagram expert, but I know that you have many more hashtags on Instagram, say, compared to Twitter, which went from three to one. Elon might have put it up to two. 
and then obviously there's hashtags on Twitter. I mean, TikTok, I've got no idea about TikTok. LinkedIn, I know it's usually three. I mean... Well, the number of hashtags. Yeah, yeah. three to five. It depends on who you listen to. Yeah. Yeah. Because yeah. some people, there's great long lists there. Um, and, and, and I don't know... I don't know enough to know, is it worthwhile putting great long lists in? Or? I think great long lists on Instagram apparently is a good one, but right. I'm not sure about anywhere. I think people tend to kind of just cross-pollinate. They just sort of schedule their content out across social media so they don't have to edit the hashtags. But, I mean, on if you're going on Twitter, for example, you want to, you know, say you're an expert like you happen to be in networking, then your tweets need to have, networking in absolutely mm. you know and then who your audience is so you know women in business women in biz networking but yeah. even if you just you, 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 i usually say have like on twitter have like five to ten hashtags that you just change around depending on what you do all oh, right okay that's useful to know. Uh, but that's then yeah know. but always have like the main because your main one is networking isn't it so always yeah. have networking and then like another one and then just you keep, depending on what it is, change it around. So it could be networking podcasts, net, you know. Yeah. Working radio. Okay. Because you're always networking, Jackie. That is your main thing, isn't it? So. Yeah. Yeah. No. No. Thank you. No, it's really useful to know because it, you see so much out there. Um, different people doing different things in different ways, obviously. And is it good to sort of emulate or whatever? So those that's a really useful tip. 12.30 TWC, Business Beat Radio, Mondays 2 till 4pm UK time. Tips, inspiration, fun, tunes, for and from businesswomen. On all the socials, www.1230.co.uk at Love to Beat Radio. We're broadcasting here on our weekly programme, which is Mondays on... T- um Love to Beat Radio, based here in Penge. So that's Love to Beat Radio. I always spell it out like our illustrious leader, Ed. Um, so that's L-O-V-E-D-A-B-E-A-T Radio. So look us up. We're an internet station locally based in Penge, but with internet reach, so we're global as well. This Wednesday is the first meeting that 1230 the Women's Company is holding live and that will be at the Bromley Old Town Hall, the amazing renovations that, that Clockwise offices have actually made there. So do come along. Um, if you haven't booked in already, you might not be able to get in, but the, when, the meetings are all on a regular basis, which I'll run through with you. So do have pens and paper handy at some point during the show today because the Wednesday meetings, well, the Bromley meetings, rather, I should say, are held every third Wednesday of the month. So do stay tuned in to our show today, which is 2 till 4 o'clock. Well, they keep saying it's going to snow, but I'm not so sure. The sun's shining here, which is glorious. It's cold, but it's it's glorious. So where where are you based, Carrie? So in the Midlands, in the West Midlands, in, well, just outside in Worcestershire, and it, it, it snowed this morning, but it oh. wasn't very much. Yeah. But to be to be honest, the sky does look a bit like it could snow any second, to be honest. Really? It's got that pregnant with snow vibe, you know, like it looks <laughs> like. Yeah. 
and it's not it it's cold but it's not too cold so it's perfect snow and the temperature yeah it's interesting is it because you thought all that rain we had and we thought well here we had tons of rain as as did so many other people but you just think if that had been snow and it had been that little bit colder um it, it wouldn't have been such a great thing now i'm very conscious of the fact that um we need to let our listeners know where people can actually find you and find out more about you, Carrie. So can you please share that with us? Yes, of course, in between hiccuping, I've been drinking my celery juice and makes me hiccup, so excuse me hiccuping if I do. <laughs> um, my website is um, three W's and it's theblondepreneur.com. Um, I think maybe listeners need to know or maybe they could just guess that you are blonde. And that's why. Yeah, I am. I am naturally blonde, <laughs> and you know, obviously, I dye my hair now. But I mean, yeah, it's a bit darker now naturally. But yeah, the reason I've called myself the blondepreneur is um, because I used to go to different networking meetings and things like that. And um, because of my dyslexia, at times I can kind of forget, have a short-term memory issue, or just forget things, or get things back to front. Yeah, and in one particular meeting, this was a long time ago, over ten years, probably fifteen actually. Um, it was one of these kind of BNI style ones, and they were all like, "So what do you do?" And I was just like, and I just had like this, my you know, I had a, my, I just had a blonde moment, and I couldn't remember, and I was like, "Oh, I'm just a bit blonded out," and I said, "Oh well," I'm, and then it just came to me. I just said, "Actually, I'm a blondepreneur," you know. Um, it's brilliant. Uh, it's brilliant. And, and that, it just came because I was just like, well, I'm naturally entrepreneurial, but I was just owning, because it was just really about owning my so-called perceived weakness, because I, I just had enough of all these. It was mostly men, to be fair, who were just sort of taking the piss, going, oh, you're not a, you're not a, a business person because you can't remember, like, really? basic things. But it's fine because it helped me to get back to my, just see my uh, so-called perceived Weakness is a strength. <laughs> well, it's interesting because I'm, you and I actually have known each other for a long time, and I remember you throwing that out as a question on social media: should you actually tell people that you're dyslexic, for example? Yeah. Um, and and you decided that yeah, you would because why not? There's a lot yeah, to be about. It, yeah, I mean, especially now, it's like it's known as like neurospicy, isn't it, or neurodivergent. Mm. It's a lot more common now than when we first met, and I think I was quite tentative. Mm. And I, I did introduce it, and then because um, I was leading, for example, on my LinkedIn with like dyslexic blonde PR, and somebody was saying to me, um, "Oh, I don't think I'd lead you to dyslexia," but now it's kind of seen as a badge of honour. It's different, but then. You know, but I mean, I I just think you attract your vibe attracts your vibe, your tribe anyway, doesn't it? So if that the yeah. people I was speaking to were put off by me saying I was dyslexic, weren't ever going anyway. to make sense. No, 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 and they weren't ever going to be a match. So I just think the more you are yourself, the more you can show who you are. Then I think you're right. Then the right people. I can, I first came across um, dyslexia when um, my background's IT training. And at the time, I was, as well as doing training in the industry and my own clients, I was also training adults um, at Lewisham College and at Croydon College. And I remember this lady in Lewisham College who said she was dyslexic. And she explained to me what it was because I had no idea um, what it was. And then 
further down, which, you know, was extremely helpful to me, uh, that she yeah. did explain it in the way that she did. And also further down the line with one of my private clients, somebody I had known uh, outside the business that she was managing at that point, um, I had no idea that she had quote-unquote issues, for want of a better word at this stage. And um, I went to her company and I was doing training with a group of them. And I was saying things like, now, if you look over to your screen on the left-hand side, you will see X, Y, Z. And if you look to the right, you will see um, A, B, C or, or whatever it was. And at the break, she came up to me and she said, Jackie, I can't differentiate between left and right, north, south, east and west. And I'd not experienced that either. Um, so, so, yeah, that's so, the case with some people. Yeah, because it, like with, I suppose, all conditions, it manifests differently. Yeah. Um, and so, you know, which she explained it to me, and we worked out that I would be saying things like, now, if you look, I like to look over to the window on that side of your Come screen, on. or if you like to look over um, where the door is, that side of the screen, or, or you know, to use markers in that way. And it encouraged me to find out more from uh, how I could, because obviously I needed to help my delegates in how they could cope with it. Because if they if they couldn't follow my saying, um, look over to the left-hand side of your screen, that's no good. I'm no good as a trainer if I can't help them and guide them in the right way. Um, yeah. So, you know, I looked into it. So I think, I think people... Um, are much more conscious and aware of difficulties that we all have and are more open about it now. And so that helps everybody, I think, if we, if we can all be yeah, open yeah. about those it, difficulties. Yeah. Do you think? Yeah. Yeah, 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 I do. I think it's like with anything. It's like these conversations needed to be had mm. and awareness certainly increased. I think there's, like with anything, there's the other side where people take it a bit too far. Um, but that's normal, isn't it? That's human nature. So. Yeah, it's always, it's always. It's that can't do speak. that. I'm dyslexic. Oh no, I can't do that. Cause I'm dyslexic. Can't do. You know, it's like. Really, yeah, no. is there anything? To, now, again, this is my ignorance voicing this. Is there anything without help and support that dyslexic people can't do that you're aware of? I think it depends on the nature of their dyslexia, really, because some mm. people are just so it. it manifests for example with me in like structuring things and organization mm. um and I can get I, I occasionally get word blindness but it's more like it was always more like because I it was identified with me at university because I was having trouble putting my academic essays together mm. and they were like I don't really get it and it was when I you know and then I had a dyslexia test and they were like oh you're dyslexic this you're, you, you find it difficult to structure things and put them in logical order and things like that Mm. Um, but for some people, like you said, they can't. They don't know their left from their right. They don't. Their spelling is terrible. They can't write coherently. They can't write in a legible fashion, or mm. they're, they're not able to spell words. So it can be kind of really extreme for some people. It kind of so that's why some people have to sort of change their line of work. They can't do anything when it involves writing if they have problems writing. Yeah. Or sometimes they're very strong vocally or. They, you know, a lot of people go into, I think I was, they used to historically just go into like being radio presenters or now I imagine a lot of them are podcasters and <laughs> there's things that just play to their strengths really, I think, or, yeah. you know. 
But you you said that uh, it was identified when you were at university. What about yeah. when you were at primary school and senior school and college or whatever? Was was, was I presume it wasn't picked up then because so much no. isn't. It's like oh they you know they're lazy or whatever. Um, nobody sort no. of identified any anything there. No, no, and I had it was very like it was really even though because they thought I was confident because I could verbally very confident it wasn't picked up and no it wasn't I had to really you know compared to my peers I had to wear like double triple the work the amount of work to get the results I mean yeah it was hard it it was a real hard graph to be honest so I guess uh, yeah I mean my history teacher I remember when I went to my A-level results my history teacher was stood there going you actually, because I didn't pass until the actual time. I failed all my mocks and I passed on the final thing. And I, um, I think I got a C and he waited for me until I arrived. He knew I'd be late, so I rocked up and he was like, oh, you actually passed? And he said, well done. And, like, and I was like, oh, thanks very much. Like, I didn't expect to pass. It was because my, my best friend at the time, Lucy and I, we'd stayed up late, like, and she'd help me revise down the phone and what we'd do is that she'd, she'd ask me a question and I'd talk her through the answer and then I'd write a mind map so I could remember the quotes and the order of these historical events. Wow. And that's the only reason I remembered it, that, you know, because it was like a visual and it was a vocal. Yeah. So I just taught my way and then I recorded these conversations that we had and I just memorised it. That's the only way. Yeah. Like, that's amazing because, uh, I mean, you, you obviously worked out ways that worked for you. Um, yeah. And actually, it just comes to mind now. My um, one of my sons, he's doing a course at the moment for tattoo removal. In fact, he's there today, and he was talking about. I'm trying to think how we got onto the subject. Um, oh, I know he was he was doing some work. He was on, on you know in preparation for the course, and he was saying how puberty. Um, impacts so much because sort of the bits that the, the course part that he was working on was about hair removal um, which is included in the uh, coursework that he's doing for the tattoo removal um, yeah. and he was talking about puberty and growth of hair and, and, and things allied to that and also uh, how it impacts you know how your hormones impact so much on all that but also your attitude. And he was saying that when he was at school, he actually absolutely loved doing RE as a topic. But oh, wow. but he really enjoyed it. You know, they sort of approached it from a historic point of view. And um, But he said as time moved on and he got to the exams, and obviously he was going through previously at that time, one of the questions was whatever, whatever, whatever. And he just put, I don't know. And he said, I did, I would have known the answer. He said, but because of my attitude going through hormones. And he said, why do they give you GCSEs when you are going through this hormonal transition? So, <laughs> which is true, actually, isn't it? Yeah, um, it is. So, I mean, it's, I said, I'm going to ask my menopausal friends, like Fiona Catchpole and Ailsa. Um, and, and Adele. Thank you, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, because you know, it's it, when we sort of move on and we we're looking at having a, a menopause day, which um, is likely to be online at, at to have an event. But menopausal day, I think from memory, is the 18th of October, so it'd be the latter part of the year. But of course, menopause 
all starts with females and periods and all the rest of it. But I remember being with my doctor on one occasion and she was talking about my other son and she was saying, you know, people don't recognise it, but boys have a really tough time with hormones as well. Um, and I'm just thinking, I, I'm just, I know, and I'm just thinking just now, how did we get onto that subject? How did I get there? <laughs> Uh, <laughs> sort of deviate. I think it's a bit of time for a bit of music. Let's have a look, see what we got. Typical Jackie conversation, which is what we love. Twelve thirty TWC Business Beat Radio Mondays two till four pm UK time. Tips, inspiration, fun, tunes for and from business women on all the socials. www.1230.co.uk at Love to Beat Radio. Welcome back yeah. to the studio. Uh, this is Jackie Groundsell. At the moment, I'm hoping that we've got Carrie Adams. With us, are you there, Carrie? I'm still here. <laughs> Excellent. Well done. You get a housework for longevity. So <laughs> now you you've got um you've got a program yourself um to, uh, is that on, that's on today this evening is it is that starting yeah, today yeah or? yeah we're doing um doing it every sort of six weeks it's um it's called mastering the basics of PR because um what I discovered through talking to a lot of people is that they don't really understand how the media works. They don't understand what's involved, what media coverage looks like. Um, and they also don't really get um, what they need, what, what media ducks, Annabelle, like this, what media ducks they need in a row before they go into the media because people um, just think, you know, they get in the media and then it's, it's all fine and dandy. But it's actually the best way because you only really get one chance to make a first impression, don't you? So... Well, the reason my guests are all specialists, all experts in their own fields. And so it's important that people know and you have a profile in yourself. So maybe ours is a little bit different because it's about not only being giving you your, your profile on the show, but also providing entertainment, providing knowledge for our listeners. Carrie, I'm going to let you go. Thank you so, so much for your time. Lovely, and we'll get you slotted in it again um, with some more hot tips. And don't forget how you can find Carrie. She is the Blondepreneur, and you'll find uh, about her courses that she's running, and you can do it. And do keep an eye open for the email that I'll be sending out with a special code for you to get a 20% discount. Just to let you know, I'll be here next week. Speak to you soon. All right, bye. Bye. This is the 1230 TWC Business Beat Radio with Jackie Groundsell on Love to Beat Radio.